2: Hello, folks, and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. Steaming into the Sunday night chat as Rangers steam into the Viaplay Cup final in December with a, a bit of a scudding in the end up of Heart of Midlovian. Um, obviously, helped by um, the odd Masonic fourth official decision here and there, but we will come to that as um, as we go through the game. Here to really staunch up your Sundays, I return. I'm um, returning to the podcast for Bill, sporting a lovely tan, how are you my friend?
3: I'm very well thanks, Aye. You know, I was thinking about it today and the last time I was on the Sunday night show, Michael Beal was still the manager, so uh, a lot can happen in a short time, you know. really pleased with that performance today, I thought we were excellent especially in the second half and uh, thanks for noticing the tan because not a lot of people have.
2: You know, usually it's a it's a compliment towards your shirt um, I put on, but um, am I right in saying that you're retiring the the shirts until Rangers win my um, trophy? Is that is that what it is?
3: No, no, nothing like that. I was just out for a walk earlier and put this jumper on. This was actually uh, knitted by my mum for
2: me. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice and cosy for the good old Scottish winter women. Yeah. Also joining us tonight, my good luck charm, um, meeting you outside Hamden today, Shona. It has to be a tradition we continue, because I am superstitious. Um, lovely to see you, even lovely to see you on the pod again tonight. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, good good day, guys. Do you know what I mean? I've never been, honestly, this excited about, come on, with uh, what's happening over the last couple of weeks. Mm. I really honestly do think this guy is the real deal. As I says, um it's your world, Big Phil. And we just loving it. So um, no, look, guys, it was a really, really good performance today. I think overall, I think the manager got it absolutely spot on. So look, as we as you said in the in these close match interview, it's one game at a time. But there's something really exciting at the moment that's happening, and uh, let it continue.
2: Absolutely. Um Just before we get into the <clears throat> into the. Um, the Rangers game. Ah, uh, hello to all the listeners. Um, thanks for watching as always live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and hello to everybody listening to it after the fact. But um, before we dive divulge the, you know, the ins and outs of Rangers' final you know, victory today, Shona, you've got a bit of an, an, sorry, a bit of an announcement coming tomorrow.
0: Yes, me and Scotty from the pod are interviewing Derek Clark. If everybody doesn't know who he is, he's actually from the Rangers Review. These guys are obviously the top guys that are obviously in the commercial side of uh, iGrox are really, really well known. And uh, yeah, we'll be giving an interview with him tomorrow. I think we're going to go live about one o'clock. I think it'll be available to you guys from five o'clock onwards. So look guys, this is really, really exciting for us. Uh, And obviously this is all just down to you guys that are obviously watching the pod, the guys that come in with the comments etc signing up to the memberships it's all down to you that we're getting these opportunities to speak to the people like people likes of uh, Derek Clark and hopefully um, this will obviously get us on to another another level and you never know we might you because of you guys that watch this pod we actually might end up going to do more stuff with an eyebrow so yeah guys really looking forward to it it's going to be a bit of a we're going to host it we're going to ask them some really really good questions so hopefully guys get involved uh, give it a watch at five o'clock tomorrow
2: Yep, so that'll be on for um, all um, you know, all viewers, um, wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple, wherever. But if you do like what you hear tonight and tomorrow, you can subscribe for just a pound a month for some extra content. You'll get a daily news show every day, uh, Monday to Friday as well. Just um, hit the join button on YouTube or um, subscribe via the link on Apple or Spotify. But... Um, you know, we'll keep the rest of that chat for the morning. Bill, um, let's get into Rangers running away through the hearts of hearts, um, and you know, sealing the, the first final of the season. Um bit uh, bit of conversation then um, went on with the starting lineup, uh, Jack Butland in goals, James Tavenier, Connor Golson, Leon Baligan and Borna Badisic, where you're back four. on summon Jack in the middle of the park with um Sam Lammers just in front of him, and uh, we had Seema on one side, Campbell on the other, and Danilo um up top. So the big talking points was probably Bonabaris coming in for Yilmaz, maybe with a view to Thursday night, and Lammers and Campbell in the same team again. Um, but what Campbell playing further further out towards the wing? So what was your thoughts in the lineup uh, when you first seen it?
3: Um, not a lot of huge surprises. I expected Balogun to stay, keep his place, given his showing against Dundee. Uh thought the man was terrific again today. Up and off. Barisic, I think, as you say, it's, it's more about looking ahead to the Europa League and trying to get him back a bit of match sharpness because uh, Michael Bale in his infinite wisdom didn't include and in the Europa squad. So that's going to be a really tough one if uh, you know we don't have Barisic up to speed. I uh, thought he played well today. Hammers and Cantwell in the same team. I thought ahead of the game that Lammers was probably just going to get in Cantwell's Road. And it happened once or twice, maybe, but I actually thought they were okay together. Um, you know, I think both of them had an okay first half. Uh, Cantwell coming off at half time, obviously, to be replaced by Wright. Phil's evidently seen something that he thought needed to go a bit better. But, yeah, no huge surprises with the lineup. maybe apart from just Lammers and Cantwell being in together. I I did wonder if he would play Scott Wright rather than, you know, one or other of them. It does concern me a wee bit that, you know, Philippe Clement is sticking with Lammers. Um, You know, you got to half-time, he could have taken either one off and put Scott Wright on, and he chose to take Cantwell off. And I wonder if the fact that Cantwell had the booking in the first half maybe had a part to play there. Uh, but I am trusting the manager. I think Lammers may be welcome. Good, he obviously sees him every day in training, sees what he can do, and is picking him for a reason. So
2: I think we just have to go with that. sure now, speaking to no, not speaking to, listening to Philip Clement speaking to the media afterwards. Um, I think the yellow card did come into play, and obviously Todd Cantwell's fitness too. um... I Don't want to be too harsh on Todd Campbell. Um, I did, I, I was hoping for more for him. Um, I, I do think he's a fantastic player, and I have been coming into most games thinking we can play him most places and he was going to pop up with something, but I don't know if I'm maybe raising the bar be a wee bit too high for him. Um, I think, um, I don't think uh, out wide right is, is the best for him or the best for Rangers. Um, I think. Lammers is winning his position now and that today hasn't changed my mind in thinking that it has to be one or the other
0: No I think the problem with Cantwell is I think when uh, he's on his game he is on his A game and it is like he's unstoppable I just think this injury I think he's not really been at his A game since uh, the start of this season really has he? I don't really think I think at like the end of last season you saw the, the, really, really the, the best of Todd Cantwell I just feel as if, I don't know if it's been a stop-start season, whether, remember, he never came into the first game, he was on the bench, and then everyone was surprised at the, the, the away game to Kilmarnock, and we wondered, was it to do with the pitch, or is Cantwell picked up an injury? Obviously, he never started that game, he obviously came on in the second half. He's never really kicked on, has he? And look, I know everybody's going to question, should he be in Lammers' position, or should he be in the position that he's in, but the position that he's in at the moment, he's still not really get, getting enough out in that position either. So... Look for me. I think the Clement decided today that talk Cantwell. When he's not a hundred percent fit and a hundred percent on it, he kind of gets lost in games at times. And like Bill said, I think him and Lammers at, at moments were getting caught between each other. Some of his passing was going astray. Um, I think as well with the, the Hearts players, they were always going to have two or three men on Cantwell all the time, weren't they? They know what you can do out, um, on the ball. So like I, he was, it wasn't for lack of trying. He did try. I just don't think anything has been coming off for him. And I don't think it's been happening for him in the last couple of games for me. And I just think Cantwell is one of these players that when he's on his A game, he's unstoppable. But when he's not, he kinda, it kind of fluctuates between being half decent one half and maybe having a shock in the second half. We're just not getting that consistent 90 minutes out of him. But I purely think that's just down to fitness. I really do. Um, I think obviously come on, maybe in the first half was maybe with Cantwell, was trying to get the teams to obviously, because we were switching the ball from side to side quite a lot, or from wide, was to try and tire out the Hearts players, so when they did bring on somebody more like Scott Wright for the width, there was no way that these Hearts players were going to be able to keep, keep up with our, our intense pressure after 60 minutes, and I think um, that it was it was a game changer, guys, an absolute game changer, I think I said that in the chat, I think, can you imagine, obviously, thinking about this six weeks ago, taking off Campwell at at halftime and bringing on Scott Wright, and you can imagine the fans, but for me, guys, Scott Wright was an absolute game changer in the game, I'm sure. We'll go on to him in a minute but uh, look I wasn't too surprised and look I think what we've got to realize as well when we're looking at teams nowadays I don't think we are ever going to be able to predict the right lineup because Clermont changes his team week in week out and I said this before to suit the team to set up to the opposition and this is why people might have been surprised with Borna Barisic, Borna Barisic had a really good game guys even though everybody was surprised he was in the team. I think last week everybody was surprised. What is Scott Wright doing in the team? Once again, Scott Wright was probably near enough man in the match. So I think what we're gonna to have to get to together, guys, is we're not gonna be able to ever predict a lineup in the future because we've got no idea what Clemont's gonna do week in, week out.
2: Oh, it's um, it. He it did speak about very early on that everybody gets a blank page um, and I'm all for uh, players stating it. He spoke time and time again that there'll surely be players that surprise you for the right reasons and the wrong reasons and, you know, let's let's speak about um, Strottelite the new Bill. I, I did want to chat around the first half but I suppose we can speak about the first half and Strottelite because um, the first half Strottelite brought everything to the first half that they half. Um, I thought you know, Rangers were the better team in the first half. They had the better chances, but it wasn't a great game of football. It wasn't easy on the eye in general. I think both teams, we see it quite a lot in semi-finals. Um, almost the, the nerves of the occasion, trying to suss each other out. Um, Shona's right, like, Scott Wright came on and brought in that directness that you know, we then had Sima and Wright pinning the defence back either side. Where De just being able to work in between the lines. Um, I thought he did ch- change the game when he came on.
3: I, um thought it was a huge impact. I've always been a big fan of Scott Wright, and I know people kind of uh, you know think he's maybe not against your standards or something. I think he's good at his big moments, and I think he's played really well in big games. And there's a bit of criticism of Scott Wright that he lacks an end product. And he's shown in big games like today and like, you know, you think about the, the Scottish Cup final uh, a couple of years ago or the game against Leipzig. He has shown he's got the end product. But what he's never had for me was just consistency with that end product. But I'm wondering, you know, or running the team, maybe he'll start to show that because he was absolutely terrific today, you know. And uh, I, think, I think it was maybe... Jonathan Johansson was co commentating, uh, talking about Scott Wright was his close second for man of the match after Tavernier today. Um, but you know, it was clearly impacting when he came on, like the, the pace that he's got and parts were really pinned back. You know, if you look at that second half, sort of 90% of it was played in half half. There's a very few times that they got up the field and managed to do anything. And I think Wright and Seema. Sort of on the
2: opposite wings, but a really big part of that. Showing out, obviously, um Hamden against Hearts, Rangers needing a goal. Um, we we switch halves, and Scott Wright comes on, and um, he he gets that second. Um, I know we're kind of got a goal for our here with the goals, but on the subject, of Scott Wright, it's but. I always go back to a quote that Davey Park said a, a year ago, and it just stuck with me. You know, he's wrote such a wave for, for anecdotes or, or Davy. He said, if Scott, right, you had the gallusness and the swagger of Scott Arfield, and then there's a Rangers player there. He's got the talent, and it's just that mentality to do it consistently, and I don't know what it is about some of the big games. like He's... <laughs> But man, he, he worked his way into a European final. Like you didn't trust him against Dundee United at home in the league that season. But put him into Europe, and he done a turn. I thought he was excellent against Leipzig, um, in the in the home tie. He's came back in the Hearts um, at Hamden again. Um, he took his role so so well. Um, and it's weird how it's just a carbon copy of that goal in the Scottish Cup final. Ooh.
0: Well, I, I don't know about you, but I just feel as if like within the last few games with Scott Wright, there's been like a, this kind of belief that's been installed in Scott Wright because, I don't know about you, and maybe he felt in the past because he was always a sub. He never really had the hunger. And I know that sounds awful to say, but you know how even you're constantly on the bench or constantly not in the squad, I think that obviously Clément's just given him his chance and said, look, give him a clean slate. And because he's taken his opportunity, Clément's now given him that belief. He says, well, do you know what? You're now you're now going to be in my squad week in, week out from now on. And I think as you said, Colin, I think um, in the past, do I think about eight weeks ago, do I think Scott Wright would scored that goal? Probably not. I think now that the manager's installed that sort of belief, the way he's getting this consistency in his games. I look, I'm not I'm not saying that Scott Wright's the answer at all. Like I do think we probably need to get another winger in. But uh, look, I think um, you can't you can't go by what he did today. I think he was absolutely brilliant. He got the goal. He also, as well, I think he was a massive contributor to what was winning the game, because he was the one that also got the free kick for us outside the box, in which Tav scored for him as well. He also had a shot, another shot, similar to the one that he had to score from that just went wide of the post. He was all over the pitch. And I don't know if you, what you guys think with Clemont, but from what I'm seeing with Clemont is that we were actually better on the press with Danilo as well when we got the penalty. And I don't know if Clement wants us to play with these kind of two wingers. You've got Sema, you've got Wright, they've got a lot of pace. You've got Lammers through the middle. And then you've got Danilo, the guy that's doing the pressing up front. And then, as you said, when Danilo did that pressing, he managed to get us, obviously, the penalty. Because it puts pressure on their defence. It also causes them to make more mistakes. And it allows us to then get that second ball, whether it's Seema, Lammers, or Wright, to then m- make sure that we're obviously counteracting on that. And it means then we've got more attackers going forward into the box because there was no doubt in the first half, guys, even though we were not playing well, we were still creating really, really good chances. It, was just, it just wasn't coming off for us. And I think with Scott Wright coming on, adding that energy and that pace when obviously Hearts have obviously just ran their socks off for 45 minutes, it allowed us then to press the ball better further up the pitch. I don't know what you guys thought, but that's the way I took from it. But like, you can't even take it away from Scott Wright in the last two games. Even today, I thought he's been... Honestly, between him and Lindstrom, there's there's been such a massive difference in them. And I don't even know what it is, guys. But look, fair play to them. They've taken their chances and uh, long may it continue.
2: Bill, just on that point that Sean made there, and I think it's a really good one about the press and the style of play. We 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 know it's not going to be <laughs> this month that we fully see Philip Clement's Rangers and his idea of what football should be like. It's going to be incremental changes, but you are starting to see what he is trying to implement. Um, and and Sean has been spot on there. We we do want energy up top, a um, high press off the ball, working hard. I thought it was testament. Not a single out. I didn't think it was too bad, but Phil Clement was going tonto at the sideline i don't know if you've seen it on tv um urging Dessers to get closer to the defense when they had the ball uh the hearts defense that is and there was a big difference between energy levels between Dessers and deniro so i think deserts finished the game a wee bit better but i think that's a clear that's a a clear testament to the type of football that philip Clement wants to be playing
3: it's a big difference between him and Bill. That's one of the many differences between him and Bill. And um, you know, you say you see him on the touchline shouting at folk. You see him talking to folk on the touchline as they're coming off, getting subbed off, or going on, or whatever. And everybody seems really focused on what he's saying. One thing I found really interesting as well is um, John Lindström talking after the game, and I think he said something like, "You know, Clements a breath of fresh air," which I thought was really telling. You know, because like Lindstrom under Beal, he's, he's formed sort of living out the window for long periods, and even though that was the case, Beal kept starting him. But I think he's he's really really kicked on under Clément, and I think you can use Scott Wright as a bit of an example of what Clément's after. Like you know that coming on today, and I I actually said in our group chat at halftime today, you know we're pretty we're going to be playing pretty intense in the second half. Perhaps we won't be able to keep this up. And I thought we'd get a few goals at half time. I know the first half was a bit of a battle and all of that. and was scrappy, but we'd need some good chances, as shown us said, You know, and I didn't think Hearts were going to be able to live with us for 90 minutes based on playing like that. And there was points in the game today, because I remember sort of writing in my notes as I watched the game that maybe the first five or ten minutes, I didn't really see us pressing very much at all. But as the, the first half wore on, I thought we were pressing a lot better. We were picking our times to go. The guys were going together, and it's just so refreshing, you know. Like seeing us actually going and pressing a team, and when we're doing it, it's like I don't think there's many of the defences in the SPL are going to be able to live with that. I think we're causing them real problems, you know. Uh, so yeah, Scott Wright coming on today and kind of pressing up and really pinning in their wing backs. I I think that's like sort of Philip Clermont's game plan in Mitra and I think that's the type of thing that he looks to do. And then he's getting the ball into dangerous areas. We're playing kind of neat little one twos, giving goals, all of that. Uh, I just I think his, his football is so refreshing to watch because you know like the last even when Michael Beale came in and sort of won his first ten or eleven games or something like that, there was a lot of real targeted football in there. You know there was you no know, huge amount to get excited about. But way, Clemont come on watching his team. Even though it's early days, and like you said, Colin, you know the next we're, we're not going to see in the first month his system. I think you know what we've seen so far has been really exciting, and I'm really, really looking forward to kind of watching his team as the year progresses. You know, he'll, he'll get a bit more time on the training pitch to get his ideas across during the next international break. Um, we'll have a winter break, kind of at the 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 term of the year and he'll be able to get even more across then. I I think, you know, this has been a really promising start for him, and I think he's really going places at Rangers.
2: I, I can't agree more, but I, I do need to just give the, the listeners a wee peek behind the curtain before we <laughs> were on here. Um, I've said that I've got a really good feeling about Philip on but I've also had a really good feeling about every manager we've had since 2016. Um, and not all of them have been a major success, so i am got to shut the fuck up and and stay quiet about my predictions on Philip Cremont. Um So, any further talking points then? It is somebody that's going to spark a wee bit of interesting conversation, and you've both mentioned him there. It's John Lundstrom. Um, Long term listeners will know that you know um, the battle between Colin McDuff and Dave a. Tomlinson is the, the stuff of legend when it comes to John Lundstrom. I, I really do manage Tom. I think he's, I do rate him as a player, and I've always been a fan of him but I've spoken in the last few pods showing about how he, he really is frustrating me about this season, showing his inconsistency, how he can turn it off and turn it on. Um, today was an absolute turn on um, in terms of John Lundstrom. He really was at his A game. He's been excellent under Philippe Clement so far. How long does he keep this up for before he, he breaks my heart again? Or can Philippe on get him to be, be Mr. Thursday night every day of the week?
0: I think you're going to see the, the John Lindstrom of all coming back, guys. I really do. I think with these, I don't know if you guys have listened to his post-match presser as well, to obviously talk about Tav being the man mountain about obviously Clément being a breath of fresh air. You can just tell that that smile is right back on his face. His performances under Clermont probably has to be, I would say, out of all the players that we've had on that pitch, he's the one that's improved the most for me. And I didn't think that John Lundstrom would want to play that position. I've always thought that John Lundstrom was more of a box-to-box midfielder, but he's really, really taken that on. And the one thing that you can't dispute about John Lundstrom, he is probably probably one of the most players that we can rely on in midfield because Raskin is picking up injuries. We've got Sifuentes obviously not coming into the squad. He's picking up injuries. There's no way you can rely on Ryan Jack. So, for me, at the moment, he's probably the most the most consistent midfielder that we've had since Clemence came in. He's the only one that's played probably every game that maybe Clemence came in as well, I would imagine. Uh, so, look, you know, for me, I think John Lundstrom has been an absolute massive difference. Look, he's called out um, the media on TAV as well. I think he um, had a wee bit of pop at the media because, obviously, I think the amount of criticism, obviously, that's going around. But like you said, the mood, the mood has been good in the camp. He's obviously come out and said that himself. I really do believe that. I think that's what the, the the manager said. We're one big family. It's all everybody's got to win the game. If everybody doesn't win the game, they've all lost the game. It's not anybody's fault. So no, I'm. Uh, I think if we can get the John Lundstrom to all back, he definitely will deserve that new contract. But we need to see it more consistently. I mean, look, as as Carrie says, could this be a proper patch? I think all only time will tell if he goes into Europe for the next. We've got quite a few away games. I think this month, the only two that we've got at home. Are our European games, so I think the away games will obviously be a bit more telling. When obviously teams like to sit back, there's no doubt that John Lindstrom going to lose the ball in midfield at times. But I think it's what he's been doing with the ball. He's been a bit more direct. He's passing the ball more forward than he they used to. He's also coming as well. He's actually managing to get positions just outside the box a lot more. Um, been able to control it a lot better for me. So um, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I think I just think that the massive difference. I've, I've felt, even not with just john Lundström, but with the team and Clermont, is that we scored three goals in 15 minutes today, guys. And what we would have done, maybe under Beal, would have been probably would have controlled the ball, which probably doesn't suit Lundström, is try and play that side passes, which people obviously and the fans get very, very frustrated by. When we scored that first goal today, we went on to get the second, we went on to get the third. We didn't stop. We kept going. We kept going in attack. Back, back under any other team that we've played, when we score that first goal, it seems like we want to take a step back, control the game and work our way around to how we're going to try and get that second goal. But as everybody knows, see if you have a team straight after you've got that first goal in, they're under pressure. Their, their positions are all out of play. Their, their, their heads are all over the place. It's the oppor- it's the best opportunity to go and get that second goal. Um, so look, I think, um, as I said, I think Longstrom's been great. but I think as well, it's the way the style of play is happening. It's allowing John Lewiston to do that by by being more forward-thinking. Because I think when John Lewiston's got too much time to think on the ball or too many touches, that's when it becomes a problem and that's when it becomes an issue where he loses the ball and then the other team go on to attack. And that's when the fans get on his back.
2: And Bluebells, bells have blue, just made a really good point in in the comments there, Sean and I shared, that, you know, give some too much time to think and he'll, he'll have a too heavy a touch or he'll spare a loose pass. It's, we used to, how many strangers have we spoke about where, I mean, even Morelos was like this at times, where instinctive front the goal, he'll score, but if he's got too much time, you know, he'll hit it wide. It's almost like Catwin Lundsum spraying a pass. Um, the, back to what you're saying, when we're going for the, the jugular, we're going to kill games off. I think that does suit him a bit better. Well, I think um I think the manager of live and die way how much he can get get players playing consistently who have been inconsistent before. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of comments tonight, uh, for the listeners saying that, you know, look at what Clement's doing with Scott What if he can do with X player or Y player or Z player? Um I think uh, I'd like to think that if John some purple patch does like come here, come here and end um, a be up to it and he's no pulling his weight, I'd like to think that Clermont's going to put faith in other players or at least give other players opportunity. The last few managers have stuck with the tide and tested or the tide and failed, as we like to call them, for too long. And I get you do have your favourite players, but I think Clermont will have to make sure he's a bit more ruthless than what we've seen before.
3: Yeah, I think it will be as well. Um, I mean, it's an interesting point. And again, if you think about Scott Wright, uh, even going back to Giovanna Van Brockhurst's time at Ibrox, I think he liked Scott Wright because he took instruction well and he always gave 100% effort, you know. And Lundstrom's also one of those guys that I think gives a 100% effort. No player is going to be at the top of their game forever, you know. No player's going to perform game in, game out for the whole season and be a nine out of ten or whatever, but, you know, it's about the the effort and the application. And so I think, like, anybody not pulling their weight is it picked up pretty quickly, and you, you don't get away with it in a football team because your teammates notice it as well, you know. Um, but, yeah, if, if Lundstrom's form drops and Clement doesn't think that he deserves to be in the team, I've absolutely no doubt Clement will, you know, like, just pull him out and put somebody else in and give them a go. Uh, obviously, previous managers have trusted Lundstrom even when he wasn't playing particularly well. And I'm seeing that at the moment. That I said earlier, you know, it's, it's a bit concerning for me that Lammers is still on the side, but on obviously trusts him to do something. And he's maybe looking to build his confidence up or whatever, so he doesn't want to drop him. There will be reasons. But I've absolutely no doubt, you know, if, if on thinks that somebody else will do a better job, I don't think he'll have any favourites. I think he'll just. Do what's best for the team because you know he, like you said, he lives or dies by his decisions. That's what'll get us the results is his decisions. So he'll have to think pragmatically about it and go with what he thinks will be the best in a game. But I think the difference is, you know, uh, Van Bronckhorst had some managerial experience, had won some things before he came here, and maybe just couldn't crack it domestically here, uh, but still got us to the Europa final. I think it really showed, though Michael Beale's lack of managerial experience before he came here and how quickly he was found out, the, the difference between, all he's a proven winner. You know, he's got league titles under his belt. He's, he's done lots of really good things at previous clubs. And I don't think it should be a huge surprise to us that, you know, he's going to kick things into gear for us. I think that's his experience. Um, you know, he's, he's learned over the years, what not to do because of mistakes that he's made or he's seen other managers making or whatever, and he's learned what works for him. He knows how he wants his team to play, but I think he's got this persona as well. You know, it's like he, he won't have any favourites, but he also he won't take any shit either. He's, um, you, you wouldn't like to cross him, because I think the way that he, he comes across to us is one thing that I think behind closed doors with the players, he probably doesn't miss them and hit the wall, that's what he needs to do, you know, if he needs to be ruthless with somebody, I think he will be. Yeah,
2: and I think we've not had that since I've been failed, like Gerard did have that ruthless streak, sometimes he went too far the other way and, you know, you felt for the players at the time, they just needed a cuddle around you, but um, I, I think that'll be welcome, Bill.
3: Yeah, absolutely, um, I think it's really going to drive us forward, I think you could see Bill just didn't have it, and... You know, that, that's no a criticism, of him. I think it's just stating a fact and, <clears throat> you know, somebody that's good as a coach, as Beale probably was, you know, it, it seems pretty clear from everyone in, in football that, that Beale's a good coach, but he maybe needed that ruthless streak as well as a couple of other things to develop to actually become a serious manager. Um And I think Giovanni Van Bronckhurst was probably just too nice a man, you know, for... To, to manage Rangers Football Club, um, which is a shame, because I put into a great guy really liked him and stuff, but I think you do You need that with the street. You need to be a bit of a bastard, and I don't think Colin's going to shy away from that. I also like how he's dealing with the media, you know. He's, um, he's answering questions quite curtly sometimes, um, and at other moments, he's he's quite clearly just ripping the piss out of journalists, and it uh, just doesn't care. You know, I think the deal was came across in press conferences as almost desperate to be liked and said far too much and contradicted himself at times and all that. Whereas I don't think Clement gives a shit that journalists thinks. I think if Clement wants to get an important message through the support, he'll say the right things at press press conferences to do that. But he's also just not afraid to totally wind up the journalists or tell them to shut up or just say, next question, as I've seen him doing a couple of times. I think that's really, really refreshing.
2: Yeah, and uh, it is refreshing, Um, this type of approach. And uh, I think there's... <laughs> A Fine line between just sound bites and repeating yourself for the sake of repeating yourself to consistent messages. We heard from the get go, you know, he wants the supporters on side, but he wants the players to build a connection with the supporters. And you're starting to see that already. You're, you're starting to see the consistent messages given the media about, I'm not going to <laughs> tell you my tactics, I'm not going to tell you everything in house, that's for me to do. Um, you know, there is that fine line between sound bites and just having, you know, having a bit of an identity, which I think we've all really looked forward to getting back um, in the press conferences. So, he, Shona, means, I'm quite...
0: he means what he says, that's what I like about him. Do you not think so? He means what he says. Uh-huh. That's what I really, really like mm-hmm. about him. Like If he says everyone fights for the position, so far everyone's fighting for the position. He says we want to be one big family. Well, the guys are coming out and saying that the, the, the difference behind the scenes already is massive. The shape of the team looks better. The style of what you said that he said he wants to get the shape of the team better he wants to play good p- patterns of play so far so good everything he's saying is what coming out of his mouth is what he's actually providing on the pitch so far so hopefully more
2: i and it's refreshing Sean, and getting that honesty without Telling the journalists everything, including your fucking pin number, as Michael Beale did. We know Michael Beale likes to talk football, but he gave far too much and he, he you know, he, he gave enough rope to hang himself with that it was a major flaw that he had.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. I think um, what, what you're seeing from Comeon is that the words that he's actually putting out, we're actually seeing that on the pitch, but he's not saying too much. He's just saying, look, this is what you're going to see, but he keeps on going on about this story. So this story is obviously going to have a happy ending, guys. That's the way stories finish. So this is the way I'm looking at it. 56 is incoming. <laughs> like I'm not trying to get too carried away, but I really do think that... <laughs> there we go, Bill. But, you know, I mean, he keeps on going about how we're building this story. It's not a sprint. It's a all well, that sort of thing a marathon. I think it's just gradually getting to, getting this team together with the, with the players that he's got. Then he can obviously then find out from himself who he thinks is capable of getting him these trophies. And whether we agree or disagree on it, guys, I'm sorry, but we've just got to trust the guy. That's the way I look at it. Whether he thinks that Scott Wright's good enough, whether he thinks that John linchton's good enough or not good enough, We can't decide that. He'll decide that for themselves. And the performances will show that. Um, Like you said, I think it's about, you said about the fan engagement. Well, that's already happening on the pitch. You can see that already. We obviously thought about five, six weeks ago, there probably wouldn't be any fans in the stadium. Now he's getting that engaged. You can see the difference. Even when we score a goal, they're up right at the fans. So it's just getting that engagement. It's, It's small sound bites, like you said, Colin, but it's working. And that's the good thing about it. It's all these small things are working. And hopefully, like I said, every story ends up, ends up ends up into the
2: happy ending so no, and on that note every story needs a hero you know every every story needs a captain fantastic which leads me on beautifully to our captain fantastic mr james tavernier and i do expect a little bit of um you know backlash in the comments and i'm all for it um i know um I know sometimes I feel like I'm in the minority when it comes to James Tavenier. Quite a few listeners saying that everybody got past marks today. Um, one or two still thinking that James Tavenier wasn't playing well enough, particularly in the first half. But I, I actually thought he was decent in the first half. Um, I don't think he'd done anything wrong. I thought and in terms of things that Rangers were doing wrong, he was way in the pecking order. And then... He pops up cool as you like with a penalty and just a a wondrous free kick. Bill, you're nodding there like the Churchill dog. um, I take it you're in Team Tav alongside me.
3: I've uh, been compared to worse looking things than the Churchill dogs, so I'll take that. Uh, Aye, so I I don't get it. I don't get the criticism we have. Uh, It's fair enough, you know, like he's going to have bad games and it's fair enough to say that he's had a bad game, or he should have done the X-Wires out there. Um, but Tav has consistently dug us out of holes, consistently come up with big moments for us over the time that he's been here. Uh, I got a little bit riled at half time to on our group chat, uh, because one of the other participants, and you know who I'm talking about, with, started going on about Tav being pish in the first half today. And I've said to him before, he's like, ah, a sort of, he's got a one-man vendetta against James Tavernier, you know, he just seems to go for him, but he was okay today in the first half, you know, he was, he was spectacular, he made some mistakes, he did a few good things, but it's the big moments, he does it where it counts, he stepped up and hit that penalty today, after, you know, last week's game against Hearts, where he missed one and scored one, and how easy would it have been to, after he missed the first penalty, to let someone else take the second one, but he just steps up Rifles in the back of the net. He did the same again today. The free te- the free kick that was just ludicrous. I actually think, you know, that that's like goal of the season material because if you look at where it is, it's inside. The D. It's so close to the eighteen yard line to to get it up without rifling it over the bar to miss the wall. You know, you look at Xander Clark sort of took a step in the opposite direction, but basically had to then turn around and the ball bounced out the back of the net into Zander Clark's hand. You just they could do nothing about it. And I think ninety-nine times out of a hundred, no goalkeeper saves that free kick. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I think we are so spoiled with having free kicks that you know people are not raving about that free kick the way that they should be. In my opinion, uh, I just I think it was absolutely phenomenal. But one thing I liked uh, the past three goals now that he scored, so the two today and the one against hearts last week he's done this sort of a home run batter at the park type celebration and i think i saw a reference to the texas rangers winning some or other baseball thing but i don't know if that's what it's today way uh, i just I, I found that interesting uh, i think you know Tav. we don't know what we've got till it's gone and all of that i think when he does move on we'll really see what we're missing and, like, putting things out in context as well. I did see in the comments about, oh, you know, 111 goals from right back and whatnot. Um, and it is just ludicrous. And I think for context, uh, I'm sure it was Alan Hutton who was saying on the telly that um, as a right back, he scored four goals in his entire career. You know, so it, it just it really shows you what we've got with we James Tavernier. I, I, I don't get the criticism. I really don't. I think it's fair enough to say that somebody's at a bad game or they make a mistake or whatever, but there's almost like a level of victory all with James Tower near where it's really personal for some folk and I just can't understand it.
2: And in the interest of balance, I think the biggest, I think the biggest criticism he gets is probably how he defends. Um, and again, my my. My answer back to that is: it's the way Rangers have been asked to play under every manager mm-hmm. since we, since Mark Warburton took over. It's modern football yeah. is evolving, and you know the the full backs are your attackers. But you know, I think for me, James Tavenier gets more criticism than others, but doesn't he yeah. get the the same level of praise that? Colin, um, I, sorry, I just I also think you're right. Obviously, like a lot of
3: Modern football is about attacking fullbacks. I also think, as you said, our last few managers have really used that system where a lot of the play does come through our fullbacks. And I think Gerard, Van Bronckhorst, and Beale all made it a thing in their teams where a lot of the play was actually coming from Tavernier doing that side. I actually think Clement is not necessarily saying that that won't be the case, but he's looking for us to play through other avenues as well. I think we were actually playing more down the left a lot of the, the time today. And maybe, you know, that that's taken a bit of the attacking pressure off to have to be the creator, which I think will be good for him. Um, you know, it's it's like when he's constantly the guy who's got to get on the ball and dig it out for us. And then when he does make a mistake, all the criticism, all of that, I think it might actually be good that there's not as much pressure on him to be the single handed playmaker at Rangers. Um, But, yeah, I I think the other element of it, as you said, you know, like he seems to come come in for a disproportionate amount of criticism, Tavernier as a defender makes mistakes. Every defender makes mistakes. The types of defenders that don't make mistakes, Rangers can't afford. So what is it that people want, you know?
2: Shona, Curry makes a good point there that Tavernier's now not being used in every move forward and that's definitely helping. I think it's helping Rangers getting others involved in the game and it's helping Tavernier as well because uh, I've had this before. A big criticism towards Tavernier is that he's past his peak, but which is nonsense because that's the point in a peak. Once you reach your peak, you can't get any better than that. It's just a fact of life and a, a fact of sports. We are never going to get the James Tavernier for 2020. But he's still contributing so valuably. But he can't do that every game at that level. Yes, like he has to take he has to find that level of consistency, he has to find that seven out of ten when he's not pulling out wildies. he still has to, you know, get a good baseline. But for me, that's the same way every Rangers player. Copy and paste what we said about John Lindstrom. There has to be able competition for Tavernier so that he he's forced to maintain that levels. And we've not had the competition able competition for him since Nathan Patterson.
0: Yeah, and that's when Tavernier was in his peak, wasn't he? So you were never going to drop Tavernier and you're never going to drop your captain at that moment in time. I really, honestly, don't really get this captaincy thing that everybody wants to change because the managers that come out and say, the players that come out and say, always go on about James Tavernier. Now, I know that he is obviously more of a leader off the pitch than what you see on the pitch. But to be honest with you guys, that's the way a modern captain is. You see Pep Guardiola down in Man City, he changes his captain week in, week out. You don't hear the fans complaining about it. And the only time that we actually complain about James Tavernier is when we're losing games. See, when, we, when he's contrib- contri- contributing sorry, contributing to the game, winning his games, that's when we go on about, oh, Tavernier's done this, this, but there's always a but in there, but he does need to do this. Guys, the modern fullback nowadays is not about defending. The modern fullback nowadays is what you can do going forward. I don't think that Tavernier had that poor a game today defending. I thought he was actually okay. I think obviously going forward, I did think he did put in a few, not poor crosses, but obviously they weren't, they weren't pulling off for him. What I think under Clement is, is what you're going to do is you're probably going to find that one fullback will go forward and one will probably sit slightly deeper. That's just the way it's going to be, which will probably be better for them because it will reserve their energy. So, when they do go forward, they've obviously got more energy when they do. So, look, I don't think um, the criticism of Tav about this changing captain, I think the managers now come out and said, players have come out and said that a captain leads, uh, leads off, he's a leader off the pitch. I think, I don't know how many times that the managers obviously mentioned Tav's name. I think Tav has been pretty decent. I think he's now scored us, is it six goals now in the last three games? Is that right, what I'm saying about Tav? I'm sure I heard that earlier mm-hmm. on. And people are still there asking for more. What more else do you want from your captain and your right back? He gets us out of so many games. It's unreal. I think the one with the volley up, what was it, during the during the, the season there when they, when they hit the volley into the back of the net? He scored some amazing goals, guys. We always talk about, I can probably guarantee that probably over the last four years, Tavernier would probably have five in the top ten goals that we've scored. And people are still complaining about his positional sense, his defending. Guys, that's just the way the modern fullbacks are. They're just not great defenders. And if we had the good defender in Tav and we had him going forward in the goals he scored, he wouldn't be at our club. He just wouldn't. And yeah, unfortunately we've not had anyone there to obviously maybe try and maybe push him out of his position. But I just think guys that we've got to trust the manager and what he says. And if he says to us, look, Cavanier is probably one of the most important players that he's got in his team and he's the captain, then you've got to trust these guys. And I think with the whole captaincy thing, I just don't think we should be changing it. I don't think Jack Butland, Jack Butland for me is definitely one of those leaders that I think the the, the manager mentioned again in his presser that he's got all these leaders in the dressing room. I think Jack Butland is one of those leaders as well. I think guys, even though the captain, you've got the captain's armband, I still don't think you need to be, you can have all different types of people in your team, but as long as you've got the right mentality and the right guys that are showing that to the manager, like the manager saying that he's got loads of players in the dressing room with the same mentality as Tav, and that's what's going to win you games. It's all about a team performance. I don't know how many times the managers come out and said, this is about one big family. We work as one team. Even the players are coming out and saying that. It's not about individual performances. And when somebody does talk about Tav, Tav always reverts back to, no, it was the team that did it today. It's the team now. So, like, and never right. The amount of times that Trent Alexander-Arnold loses his goals for Liverpool. But what Liverpool do do on a, on a regular basis is win games. And when you're winning games, you don't talk about the goals that you can see. You just don't.
2: A few comments coming in, showing that you're talking far too much sense and it's very inconsistent with the material that we put out here, at gallant few. So if you can um, if you can stick to the nonsense okay. that there is here, speak, please. Stop showing us up. Um, Bill, Bill, um, you know we've just you know it's hard, it was hard to kind of pick out the big talking points tonight in terms of the players because I thought there was plenty of people who, um, plenty of players that definitely deserved a mention. Seema potentially man of the match, just doing Seema things. Um, Leon really Balagan out for the cold, all and just slottings straight into the centre of defence. Actually, thought Borna Baris, which played well. Ryan Jack, we've not touched on. And Shona's just spoke about Jack Butland, who personally, I think, isn't going to get the credit for potentially, no changing the game, but keeping the game on track. That save he made at 1-0, and then Rangers go up and score the second. That's the mark of a big goalkeeper. Um, we can't white solid but all in him for 10 minutes, who who would you really pick out for uh, that was no smoke about, um, caught your eye today?
3: Um, Sima thought he was brilliant today, and it wasn't just getting forwards, you know, like he, was, he was linking up really well with Barisic on the left, and then Lammers was drifting at the time to time as well, Um I thought Sima was really good though, because he was also tracking back, you know, he, he was doing really well, and I, I wrote him at some point in the second half that he'd won five or six important defensive headers for corners and things, you know. Um, I think Sima, you know, there's still a bit of work for him to do to become, like, the total package. But he's just, he's he's looking fantastic for us. Uh, I really hope that he's a guy that we can hold on to. Because, um, you know, obviously, we've brought him in on loan, and it was a similar story with Alec Tillman last year, where we brought him in on loan, and I, I spent the whole season saying I hope we can hold on to this guy, and You know, him in the end, I think Bayern Munich didn't want to go for it. But, you know, if we could really, if we could get seen as a a permanent member of the team, that would just be absolutely fantastic based on what he's shown us so far. Um, But, you know, John Lundstrom, great game. I think he was probably my man of the match. Scott Wright, great impact. Uh, Jack Butlin, though, that save, as you say, from Kent's header at 1-0, really, we got the parking score pretty much. But then he also had the save for that Kingsley shot sort of tips it over the bar with one hand when we were 2-0 up. And I think those are the things, you know, like uh, a Rangers goalkeeper, that's what you want. Long periods of no doing anything, but the concentration's there when it matters. I, I think yeah, is just an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. But I also think we're starting to see an issue that can today, the difference that Danilo can make. Um, you know, like, before Danilo really came back into side and was sort of a match fit if you like, which was something kind of just considering it to be the Dundee game in midweek. We had Dessas leading the line and it wasn't giving us anything like what Danilo's given us, you know. Um Danilo reminds me a lot of Peak Alfredo Morelos in the way that he plays. I, I just I think things are really exciting right now with him up front and hopefully you know he goes from strength to strength.
2: Shona sure that's, that's a really good point that Bill makes about Danilo there. Um, I think he's trying to get some criticism from his shooting um, on Wednesday night as well and see them in a tweets I've seen uh, myself included criticising on Wednesday about um, not having to shoot his boots on just as he pops up with a goal. Um, but his energy he brings and he, he is just such a clever footballer. Um, I don't know who you want to pick it for who we've no spoken about. Also, the subs done fairly well too in terms of Tom Warrens. Personally, I do want to apologise to Leon Ballard because I had, I had a wee times when we brought him back, I just could not see the the point. That I'm a massive fan of Leon King and I still am. And the screenshots will be there in the group chat for all to see. Um, I've you know I'm pretty sure they even spent ten minutes in the Daily News show. Um, Random Ravenhouse was just a backward step and. Last two games, Balogun's that sort of shut me up. Um, he's played so, so well, and maybe I was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Balogun's been like another revived guy under under Clement so far. I didn't think he was going to get anywhere near that first team. And then obviously, the injuries that we had, he managed to get his, uh, his chance in midweek, and he took it midweek. and uh, I don't know about you, but what is with uh, Balogun and these 50 yard runs that he's making? He's like, You've seen both. What's happened overnight is, like, this guy that's been revived under Claremont and he's making these 50-yard bursts down the pitch So and uh, getting assists at the same time. But, no, I think uh, for me, uh, the biggest thing, I think, with all the guys is, is guys, the, the managers doesn't in, install with some sort of belief. I think the same with SEMA. Um, I think what we can see from the team, even though I think even Lammers was pretty poor today, you cannot deny these guys' work rate. The work rate levels of Sema the likes of Lammers today in midfield, even the Balogun in defence. Just the work rate right across the full team, guys. We're now seeing it across. The, it's not just one or two players. We're now seeing it consistently. But the work rate is much, much better. And that's what, that's what the first thing that we always want to see. You might have a poor game, but as long as you give that work rate. And like Nevet says, I think as well, Danilo's work rate today, wasn't he coming off for him and everywhere? But he was putting himself about. He was trying to get off for head, headers. He was trying to get knock-ons. He was trying to press the ball. And that's always Rangers fans is what you want to see. So, look, I thought Balogun had uh, everybody's uh, favourite, even though he's not my favourite, uh, Lawrence Shankland, in his back pocket the whole game. So, uh, no, I'm quite happy for Balligan. I think um, he's taken his opportunity. And uh, I think as well, I think he actually might have got injured when he, when he went down and he carried on for the rest of that game. I don't think the manager would have been too happy about it, but I think he was struggling towards the end. I think there was times when I saw him like I'm seeing it from a different point of view because obviously I'm, I'm at the game. But I can see him limping towards the end and that's maybe why the lights of Ben Davis came on. But no, fair play to the guy. The guy took a bit of a heavy challenge and still managed to carry on and he's taken his opportunity and he's been doing really well. And some of the passing he's been putting together as well uh, is really good. And I think he went in for, I think one of the challenges that I saw, I actually thought it was Golden at the time, but it was actually Baligan that managed to get the ball in the box. I think he went it. I think it was a player that shot from outside the box and he made the block for it. So, Fair play to Balogun, fair play to Scott Wright and these other players that are coming in and taking their chances. Definitely, the jury's still out, probably the likes of your Lammers or Dessers. But look, guys, if uh, the manager can get a tune out of uh, Scott Wright, Balogun and Lindstrom, look what's to come, guys, if we can get a tune out of Lammers and Dessers. I think we saw glimpses of that midweek and it's just now now trying to get that consistency going forward. So it's going to be an interesting team, guys, when it comes to Thursday night because I've got no idea how we're going to line up. I really don't.
2: I know and somebody made the point or a couple of listeners have made the point Like, if that's how we feel, think how the opposition managers feel to to prepare for the game Mm. against Rangers that's how it should be it should be, you know, we have different options and Philip Clement spoke today before the game about not being too focused in the first 11, it's about the squad because there's options on the bench and players that can come on and change the games and we've seen that, we've seen that today we've seen that over the last few few games Um, but Rangers, um, you know, those three goals goes into the final and we'll now play Aberdeen on Sunday the 17th of December. Um, it really is where we can get this season back in tact with that. Uh, we, you know, it, it's no winning the league won't make a break how we get on um well, winning the league sorry um isn't it going to be made or broken by how we going in the league cup but i think winning it can carry a lot more a lot more strength bill than, than than not winning it um it's back to water smith's old you know has old outlook on it that it's the first trophy of the season. You've got that in in the bag. It just breeds that winning mentality. It's you know it's invaluable. And I like to think Rangers have won so many Leeds because they've won so many Leeds cups as well.
3: Ah, so it's probably a fair And you know, babe, a fair number of guys in this squad won't have any winners medals for anything yet in their career. and um, so that's another thing to look at. And, you know, even even the ones that have got winners, the ones that were here for 55 or for the Scottish Cup victory, you know, it's it's a while since they've had that. It's a while since they've held a the trophy in the year. Um So hopefully, you know, we can go ahead and do the business against Aberdeen on December the 17th and get that. Because I think the last time we won the League Cup uh, would have been 2010 or something, 2011 and it took us while, so you know, and if range, I mean, I, I watched Rangers on my days growing up, and the, the League Cup was our trophy, more or less, you know, it was we were winning it every bloody season, Um, so to have gone so long without a League Cup victory, I I think you know, it's, it's, it's long overdue, and I, I can't wait for the, the final, and I'm really hoping to see left but I think, yeah, you know, really, hopefully it'll set the tone for the rest of the season for these guys, and Hopefully, it's just one of many things that
2: Toluco has got to win for us. Shona, the beauty of football is, as fans, we're allowed to get too high or too low. Um, we're allowed to get ahead of ourselves. Fuck, man, I've I've made a name for myself in follow, follow meltdowns by how high I get um, prematurely. We're allowed to look ahead of ourselves. What? What I do love about Philip Lamont is it's just about the next game. This doesn't seem to be a sim, but I do genuinely believe that he's more interested in December. We can chat about it. The press are going to ask him about the League Cup final all the way through the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be the next game and the next game after that and the next game after that, as it should be.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best for your mentality as well. When you're a football player, if you're thinking too far ahead of yourself, it can play on your mind. And I think that's what Clément is trying to do. He's trying to make it sure that it's it's game by game at the moment, making sure that mentality is right, going in for the next game. Then we, what we can do is we can then sort out ourselves what we're going to do for the next week game after. And I think that's also down to as well his tactics. I think he will play slightly different. Like I said, I don't think we're going to see the same team week in, week out, purely because of the way he sets up his team. So uh, I think this is just something that we're going to get used to. Some people might not like it. It's the same injuries. I don't think what we're going to see under Clement is that he will tell us much about injuries. I think what he'll do, he'll tell us nearer the time if this player's back or that player's out. I don't think he'll go into too much detail. And I don't think it's right. Obviously, we've got the, the Masonic Cairo chambers now. So hopefully now from now on, like uh, we don't we'll not get anything to worry about. I mean, God knows why we were never using them in the first place. But look, I think what we're seeing at the moment is like, like you said, Colin, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. I am. Um, I just think from now on it's, it's game by game, and I think what the, what what that helps with the the players is because they don't know who's really going to play in week in week out. It means they that the On is demanding a lot more in training, because then it, he will decide through that week how he's going to set up and who the best players are for that team, and it'll be all down to your whole training session. Whereas if you're thinking weeks in advance and you think your position's already there. Like, it will just play on your mind. Oh, it's, all, it's fine if I, if I play bad this week. It's all right, because I'll still be in that cup final. He's come out and said, everybody else that's out there, there's people that are out injured at the moment. And he says, if they're fully fit, and they're back to the final, and they're performing well, they'll be in that final. So the guys now need to realise that the guys that play today, they might not even have a position in that final. If they want that position in that final, it's all about how they train now, all the way right up to that, that final. And it's about what they can give in week in, week out. Because I, th- I do believe that if you're not having a good game, I don't think we'll see you the next week. And you may not see them him um, on the subs bench, but I don't think he'll be our starter. But I thought the interesting stat that came across, obviously not including um, today's game, but I noticed there that we had 13 goals in eight league games under Bill. How many guys do you think we've had under three with on Obviously not including today's final, because it's obviously to do with league games. How Just... many goals do you think? Just in league games, or games In league games with Cramon, we scored thirteen in eight games under Beal. How many? Of you be...
2: Is it thirteen? 11, eleven. Four, three,
0: and
2: uh,
3: Five, four, and two. Isn't that what we scored?
0: We scored eleven goals in three games under Cramon, and we only managed thirteen goals in eight games yeah. for Beal.
3: All oh, right, thank
0: yeah. so Small
2: and obviously, that alongside the Masonic uh, fourth officials giving Philip on a wee wink and a, a dodgy handshake when we score, like we're unstoppable, we really are a juggernaut. Um, it's fact, just um, on uh, just on the officials, um, I'll get both your opinion on it. For the Rangers, penalty was a stonewaller, like it's not even worth the conversation. Bill, was that a penalty for hearts?
3: Aye, uh, probably aye. I may not be so generous if it was nil-nil at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I actually, I think there's there's probably minimal contact is what I say. And w- in real time, when I saw it, I agreed with the referee's decision that it was a 2nd yellow character simulation. But when you look at the the slow bar image and that, there is a bit of contact. And, and you know, the boy's entitled to be doing... Uh, I don't really like using the term soft penalty because a soft penalty is still as much a penalty as a hard penalty is, you know. Um, But it was a soft penalty. Yeah. Uh, Right decision, I think. Would I have been so charitable at nil nil? No, I probably wouldn't. Uh, Franklin has a good penalty, to be fair. So, you know, we were out of sight by that stage, I think. So uh, I don't think it had any bearing on the outcome of the game.
2: It's amazing how the context of how the game finishes really changes your perception um, and yeah. mixed opinions in the comments. Um sure enough for me it's a penalty. I, I, I have no issues with it. Um taking my blue tinty specs off, I, I may have been upset mm-hmm. because it's a mm-hmm. soft penalty, but I, I think if I think if your argument back is it's a soft penalty, then you're admitting it's a penalty. Like, you know, you don't get you don't you don't get penalised for different variations of penalties. It's either a penalty or, or it's no what's your thoughts
0: well is it a penalty on slow motion because this slow move honestly does my head in because is it a penalty in real time no is it a penalty in slow motion probably but i actually think the reason why they gave that penalty is because they didn't believe that i was ascending off and that's why i honestly i do i think um that you'll have people that will go over this. We have not had a penalty conceded against us. The amount of pressure that's been going on about how Rangers have not conceded a penalty, all these conspiracy theories where you can shove your conspiracies where they go because it's happened. And it was a soft penalty on slow-mo. But for me, I think it uh, it was very, very harsh. Really, really harsh. I think it could be classes either. But the problem for me is that I don't think, I think that was only given because the boy was given a, a red card, and I think they wanted to overturn the red card. I really, honestly do. I think um, people can talk about conspiracies, but that's my conspiracy, and I'm going to stick.
2: it. usually we are talking about the conspiracies coming for the East End. You, it's no often they they fucking generate for us, man. This is this is be in the record tomorrow.
0: Well, the fourth official will take hold, obviously. All the all the Masonic uh, conspiracies to them tonight, so I don't think we'll be too concerned about my conspiracy, but no I think, uh, guys, I have to admit the one thing that you definitely need to go and look at, go and look at Stephen Naismith's Naismith pressure because it's an absolute belter, and listen to the bitter end he is bitter as anything, that man and honestly, listen to the very end it is hilarious you know, look, I think, guys, it was a soft penalty and look, these things happen in the game, but I do think the pressure has been put on these regs, because Everybody keeps on going week in week out about how we get a penalty and how we haven't conceded a penalty, and it was only going to be a matter of time that that was going to happen. But I think, uh, like I think it was a, it was a bit of a soft one to be fair. Look at the penalty, and who cares? We won the game. So, um, but anyway, it was, uh, it's one of those ones we've got a conspiracy in there.
2: Well. I think I will bring us to our wraps for this evening. Um, a massive thank you to everybody that's uh, commented. Go mm-hmm. in about the comments. Always good reading the chat, even when you don't agree with me. But that's fine. But I don't entitled the opinion. Um, it's a they love reading them all as always. Um, and a massive thank you to everybody who subscribes. Um, or even is a member on the on the pod. Just a reminder that you can get daily content. For a pound a month um, monday to friday um you'll get a daily news show and extra content as well on our members channels um you, you also Going to be able to see Shona and Scott and interview Derek Clark from the Rangers Review tomorrow, and really getting the chance to speak to folk like that of um, that prestige um, and people in the know. It's really odd to know how you guys support the podcast. So I really can't thank you all enough. If you don't want to pay for extra content, if you can find us a like or a retweet or a share, honestly, it goes such a long way. Um, thanks very much to to everybody um all that's left to do is to thank my two guests uh, bill and shona and um, as always i'm going to press you for a goodbye to the fantastic listeners and i'm also going to ask you for a man of the match from today starting with the fantastic bill good to have you on mate
3: cheers aye. thanks for having me on colin it's good to be back on after my sojourn for a few weeks there and i'd really like to say thanks to all the listeners who wished me well in the comments and things like that when i was uh away after my, my character, that it was really, really nice that people are actually thinking, oh, me. these are folks that, although we've never met, they feel like they know me, and I feel like I know them from the comments. So that, that was just, that was a really lovely thing. I really appreciate it for that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Uh, and yeah, I think my man of the match today, probably a Seema. It's hard, hard push to argue with
2: Seema and again, I'm... I'm inclined to give him as much praise as we as we can, just because of the runner form he's on. So it's not a bad shout, mate. But again, glad you're all fitting well, and you're back. Um, you know, you're back serving the listeners um, on a Sunday night, yeah. just just um, after bath time. Sunday nights, we Bill getting ready for a yeah. busy week ahead. Sure, good to have you on as always, my friend. Who's your man of the match?
0: Yeah, thanks everyone for coming on and a wee shout out there to, for Derek for his new membership, so thank you guys. Um, If there's any obviously questions that you might want to, us to ask Derek Clark and the fire them into the comments just now. Obviously no rude questions guys, but something that you might want to, to obviously ask or want us to ask Derek Clark, we might be able to fit that in there, if you can just put your comments down. But I think I'm going to have to go with Captain Tav, as to, to, uh, my captain. Um, as, as, as my man of the match for tonight I just think overall um, he was probably the best player and he got us out of what he did that, that, that free kick and obviously it took some balls from Tav as well to score that penalty after missing that one midweek and he stepped up so uh, look guys, there's a really interesting um, point on the, we're talking about the Rangers review there if you go and watch, there's a wee bit about how Tav takes his penalties and, and the ins and outs and the tactics and how he practices them and, and deep dives right into it and it's actually really, really interesting about how he how he goes about it. So some of you guys might like that. Some of you guys might not. but look, have a wee a wee look at that for uh, for Tavener. So no, he was my man in the match tonight. So yeah, look, uh, looking forward to obviously rolling on to Thursday night. So uh, see you all then, guys. Thank you.
2: And I'm going to go for it's hard. There was a, a few standouts tonight, but I'm going to go for John Lundstrom um, again. He's he's. He's doing the dirty stuff well, um, and he's doing the basics very well. And John Lonsom's at his best when he does mm-hmm. puts himself in the position to allow others to go play. And we need somebody like that. I um, bet Kevin Thompson's a bit when he's at his best. So I'm going to give him a shout out. Just don't make me look fucking stupid before David Thompson comes back on. Uh, keep it up, John Lonsom. But we'll be with you again tomorrow, folks. Um, two points for the Daily News Show, and then of course um, Sean and Scott speaking to um derek clark that'll be with you at five o'clock thank you all for listening and we are the people take care